Playwrights Local and Radio on the Lake Theater present Limbo, written by Agnes Herman, directed by Brian Zoldesi, featuring Agnes Herman, Lindsay Mitchell, and Paul Slimak. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Excuse me, would you mind moving your bag so I can sit in this seat? No, of course. Thanks. This is the last seat. Train's really crowded. May I have your attention, please? We are experiencing a delay due to track trouble. We hope to be moving shortly. Oh. What? They just announced a delay. Where are you headed? Syosset. That's where Ikea is. Ikea is in Hicksville. Oh, yeah. Ikea is fascinating. Putting furniture together is almost... What's that state of being when you're calm and in the moment? Not meditation, Zen. That's it. Yeah, it calms me down. Each piece has a specific place, and I put them there. And in the end, I have a beautiful finished project. Right. I'd like to get back to my book. You know, all the trains to Jamaica are going to be delayed now. I'm headed to Valley Stream. You have to change at Jamaica for the Port Jefferson line, right? Yes. You... you look sad. I'm not. Yeah, but you look sad. It's a sad book. You like reading sad books? Oh my god! Look, my mother just died. So I guess I was looking sad, but reading my book makes me feel better. So please, let me read in peace. I'm sorry for your loss. When I feel sad, I listen to my Wonder Bible. Your what? My Wonder Bible. Looks like a big iPod. A very special one. The scriptures make me feel better, especially since I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Oh. Well, uh, good for you. Thanks. You look like you're full of God's grace. I thought you said I looked sad. Well, yeah, you did look sad, but there was also something about you that made me feel you were a spiritual person. I was raised Catholic, but I don't attend church of any denomination. I'm going back to my book now. Attention passengers, please do not leave baggage unattended. Baggage left unattended may be removed without warning. Oh, by the way, if you need to use the restroom, use the one in the car behind ours. Why? Because there's not a restroom in our car, and there's a homeless woman talking to herself in the car ahead of us. She also smells... Poor woman. She should get a job, Tess. What did you say? She should get a job? No. How did you know my name? Uh, uh, you have it on your tote bag. Oh. Right. I'm Susan. Well, listen, Susan. For someone who's accepted Jesus Christ as her personal savior, your feeling about the woman in the next car is not even a remotely Christian attitude. She's asking everyone for money. Did you think that perhaps she wants a job and can't find one? Or that she's ill? She probably just wants money for drugs or liquor. That's repulsive. I'm just being realistic. And totally uncharitable, unloving, and ignorant. Please, sit somewhere else. Well, I won't move to the car that smells. And I don't see any other available seats. Look, I'm sorry I upset you. I guess you're right. I didn't think of it that way. That was uncharitable of me. Sometimes shit happens. 
Like your mom dying. Shit you have no control over. You get stuck in a hole and can't get out. Attention passengers, all trains bound for Jamaica are delayed due to signal trouble. We are working to correct the problem, but at this time we have no time frame. We apologize for the delay and ask for your patience. I feel like I'm in limbo. The dance? No, limbo. The state in the afterlife where you're not in heaven, hell, or purgatory. That's not in the Bible. It's a Catholic thing. If you haven't been baptized, cleansed of original sin, and you die, you can't enter heaven or hell. That's horrible. Oh, don't be upset. The Catholic Church now says they were wrong about limbo, and it really doesn't exist. But you were baptized, right? Of course. Then how do you know you're not in limbo? Well, number one, I'm not dead. Number two, I'm using the term as a metaphor, meaning here we are in a train stuck under Penn Station, not at work and not at home. We're waiting for something to be fixed, and we can't go anywhere. Oh, I get it. Sometimes it takes me a while to get something, like metaphors. I like when everything's right there in front of me in black and white or color-coded, easy to understand, straightforward, like IKEA furniture. I hate IKEA furniture. I find the instructions extremely difficult to understand because they don't use words, just diagrams and arrows. I like words. Where are you going? Straight to hell, of course. Oh, funny. (laughs) To the smelly car's restroom. Attention, passengers. Until we leave the station, please do not change cars as we may be moving at any moment. Guess you'll have to wait until Jamaica. Damn it. Losing my mom, late getting home, a chatty seatmate. Sorry. Is your dad still alive? No. And I don't want to talk about him. You know, people usually want to tell me their stories, but you've successfully got me to talk about mine. Your turn. Who are you? I'm a nurse. In a hospital? Yes. Which one? Columbia Presbyterian. That's where my mom died. I know. You know? What the hell? This is creepy. Have you been stalking me? No, no, I wouldn't stalk you. But you knew my mom. Yes, I worked in the ICU where your mom was. I was coming off shift when you came to see her. Then you were stalking me. No, honestly, I wasn't. I I, I was just hoping I might find you here one day on your commute home. I, I knew you took the LIRR. How did you know? Your mom told me. Why didn't you just introduce yourself? I didn't want to interrupt your time with your mom, and I was always in a hurry to get home to my mom. She depends on me. She has rheumatoid arthritis. We live together. I was going to write you a note, but the hospital wouldn't release your address. You should have phoned. My number was in her records. Would you have liked to hear someone say over the phone, Hi, I'm Susan from the hospital where your mom died. That would be creepy. But stalking isn't creepy. I wasn't stalking you! I was hoping you might recognize me. Seriously? Well, why did you want to talk to me? To tell you that your mom was a lovely woman, and we had some beautiful talks. About what? Life, death, you and your life. I hope you didn't upset her. Oh, no. She liked when I spent time with her. Really? What did she say? That you are a wonderful daughter. That you had a wonderful husband and a son. She was happy about that because she knew you wouldn't be alone. So you knew my father was dead? Well, yeah. Why did you ask? Because I didn't want you to know I knew yet. Why? Because you didn't know I knew your mother yet. Oh, 
You are exasperating. And yet you have an uncanny way of making everything sound logical. We used to pray together. That's why I assumed you were as religious as your mom was. I used to lend her my Wonder Bible. She really liked that? Yes. And also, I found something of your mother's. Her rosary. She had a deep devotion to the Blessed Mother. At the end, she wore those around her neck all the time. I know. We had to remove them when she went into cardiac arrest. I put them in my pocket and forgot about them until I was doing laundry. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I really liked your mom. She was so full of warmth and love. A beautiful person. I remember going in to say goodnight at the end of my shift and you would be in there singing her a song, rubbing her feet, even at the end when she was in a coma. I really admired you for that. I thought, wow, look at that. Such a loving daughter. Oh, I think I remember you now. I miss her so much. I know, I know. Do you miss your dad? No, I was really angry with him. You're not going to ask why. I was trying not to be nosy. Really? You were practically interrogating me before. Okay, why? He was hardly ever around. If he wasn't working, he was at a union meeting or choir practice. Your dad sang? Yeah. He actually had a terrific voice. Baritone? Yes, but he could burp out some pretty neat bass notes. That's why the choir director loved him. It's hard to find a good bass. What did he do? What didn't he do? He was always changing jobs. Teacher, greenhouse manager, insurance salesman, vacuum salesman, liquor salesman... My parents separated when I was a teenager. Oh. They probably should have parted ways long before that, but the Catholic Church didn't recognize divorce. You had to have the marriage annulled by the church, but that cost a lot of money. My mom refused to do it. So your mom and dad never remarried? My mom didn't care. And it certainly didn't stop my dad from finding someone new. Look, I don't want to talk about my dad. I know you said you don't go to church. But we can still pray together. Would you like to pray? No. Praying is not going to help me find my way. I need a therapist. And frankly, religious fervor only annoys me, especially evangelical fervor. They're always trying to convert people. I'm not trying to convert anyone. Listen, if it gave my mom comfort and it gives you comfort, I'm happy. The only thing I remember liking about church were the smells and bells. Huh? The smell of the incense and the bells they ring when the priest blesses the wine and bread before it becomes actual communion. Your mom told me that you heard your father speak to you after he was dead. She told you that? Jesus. Yeah, she said you had to have a lump removed from your breast. I was petrified, but I tried not to be. I didn't want to upset my mom, so I didn't tell her until the last minute. I didn't want her to take off from work to come with me. And I knew her fretting would only make me more nervous. So I sort of tricked myself into believing it was nothing. How did you do that? I decided I would take the morning off from work. I went to the gym. I ate lunch. I went to the hospital and had the procedure. And then I went to the office. All planned and executed like a perfectly normal day. Wow. It worked. I got through it. When did you hear your dad speaking to you? <laughs> I went to use the bathroom when it was over, and when I was on the toilet, I heard my father say, You didn't really think you'd be alone, did you? I was stunned at first. I mean, I was sitting on the toilet. 
But I wasn't frightened either. How did you know it was your dad? It sounded just like him. Had they given you drugs? No, not so much as a Tylenol, no anesthesia. They only used a local to numb the area. I did my yoga breathing. No intravenous relaxants? No, not a thing. They did a general biopsy immediately, told me they would do a more detailed one later, but everything looked fine. They bandaged me up, I went to the bathroom, heard my dad, got dressed, went to work, and then home. And hearing your dad didn't affect you? No. Wow, I take that as a sign. Of what? There's an afterlife we can look forward to. I just think it was some weird brain fart brought on by the relief that I'd gone through it. Really? Not that he loved you so much and wanted to be there for you? I never really felt loved by my dad. I had a vague sense that he wanted the best for me, but not real love. I'm sorry. I remember a vacation here, a Christmas there, but he wasn't affectionate. I don't remember him hugging me or kissing me. My mom was the affectionate one. I actually felt almost jealous as I got older because my girlfriends adored their dads. And I never got to be daddy's little girl. Me too. Seriously? My mom wasn't married to my father when she had me. She had a relationship with a married man. He said he couldn't leave his wife and child. He gave my mom money to take care of me, but I hardly ever saw him. He died when I was little. Oh my God, what was that? It sounded electrical. It's so dark. I hate the dark. It makes me feel claustrophobic, like I, I can't breathe. The lights went out. That's all. We have plenty of oxygen. Breathe slowly with me. Attention passengers, we have a blown transformer. Please stay calm. Emergency lights should be on momentarily. I hate this. Look, I turned my phone light on. That helps. Thanks. Look. Look around you. It's like a starry night. Everyone is turning on their cell phones. It's really pretty. No, it looks like we're stuck on a train in a tunnel and there's been a blackout and everyone has their cell phones out and on. Yes, Tess. But if you want to feel better... Why don't you imagine something more pleasant, like we're sitting on a beach at night and the only light we see are the stars and the moon? You said you did yoga, so take a deep breath and empty your mind. Just concentrate on the beauty of the moment. Do you meditate? Sometimes, but I pray when I do, or I put Ikea furniture together. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Laughter helps, too. Thanks. Really? My pleasure. Do you have brothers or sisters? No, only child. My mom never married after her relationship with my dad. It must have been difficult being raised alone. I suppose it was, but she never made me feel that it was hard. She was so happy she had me. She'd tell me that all the time. She still does. She had a good job in the office of our local grade school. When school was over, she didn't need a sitter. I'd just sit in the office and do my homework or go to the library. That's wonderful. Is she retired now? Yeah. She wanted to work longer, but her arthritis is crippling. Sounds like you're a wonderful daughter. Thanks. How often would you see your father? A few times a year. That must have been hard for you. Well, I didn't know any better. Not until I started school and realized my friends had dads who lived with them all the time. 
In many ways, my dad's a total mystery to me. <gasps> the lights are back. Well, that wasn't too bad. Attention, passengers. Power has been restored. We hope to be moving shortly. Why did your parents separate? Because he was having yet another affair. It's like he was always searching for something unattainable. A new job, a bigger sense of purpose, the love of his life. I think he wanted to make a difference in the world, contribute to it, but he never realized that what he contributed was right there in front of him. His wife and daughter. It was like we didn't matter. He needed to accomplish something more important. In retrospect, my mom was very patient with him, giving him the freedom to find himself. Is there a but coming? Well, yes. When money got tight, my mom would lose patience. She was working full time and she'd have to ask one of her sisters for money to make ends meet. Then there would be a big fight about asking for the money and doors slamming fists through walls. I can't imagine your mom had that kind of temper. No, not my mom, my father. He'd get physically angry when she asked her sisters for money. Once they gave her a chicken and my father threw it in the trash and the fight would escalate and he'd charge out of the house. One time they started arguing over dinner, and my dad slammed his fist down onto his full plate, and glass went flying everywhere. My mom had to throw away the entire meal so he wouldn't be eating pottery shards. My father put on his coat, and I, I begged him not to leave, pulling at his coat. I was always afraid he would leave us, and of course he finally did. Tess, I need to tell you something else about your mom. Oh, God. Now what? When I was caring for her. She asked me about my name. Susan? No, my last name, LaSalle. She was looking at the nurse on duty name on the board in her room. Yeah? Well, LaSalle is my mom's maiden name. She gave me her last name when I was born. So your mom asked me what my mom's first name was. Which is? Edvige. That's not a name you hear often in this country. It's very French. My grandparents were from Alsace. Are you trying to tell me that your mom knew my mom? In a way. In what way? She recognized my mom's name because your dad was seeing my mom. As in an affair? Yes, and I'm the result of that affair. This is a train to Jamaica Station. We will be bypassing all stations prior to Jamaica due to the delay. This is too much to process. I don't understand. It's like a bad joke. I wouldn't kid about something like this. How did my mom react? She was stunned. And then she explained who she was. How do I know you're telling the truth? Well, I could tell you how they met. How? He was selling insurance at the time. My mom had called the company and they sent our dad on a sales call because we lived in his selling area. When I was little, he told me that all the little boys in my neighborhood thought that he was really Superman because he looked like Clark Kent in his suit and glasses. Oh my God. He told me that same story. Do you believe me now? My mom told me about a Dorothy and an Eleanor and the woman whose picture I found in my dad's wallet, Joan. Why didn't she tell me about your mother? Why? Because she didn't want you to know there was another child. She probably didn't want you to feel like you were being replaced. And my mom never told me about you. How could he be so cruel? He was so selfish. He wanted to help humanity, but he killed his family in the process. 
Well, mine too. How do you think I felt when your mom told me this, huh? You're the reason I rarely got to see my father. And you're the reason I never got to see him. Plus, he was giving your mom money while my mom was scraping to get by. I was just as angry as you. And you didn't recognize that my mom's last name was our father's last name? No. I told you. My mom gave me her last name. If she ever told me my father's last name, I didn't remember. But my mom remembered the name LaSalle and put it together when you told her your mom's first name. You both must have been shocked. That's... That's not why she had a heart attack, is it? No, no, I swear. We had this talk days before she died. She said she needed to tell me. And then she asked me to tell you as gently as possible. Next stop, Jamaica Station. Transfer there for the Far Rockaway Branch, Hempstead Branch, Port Jefferson Branch. I feel so lost. Where am I? Well, you're not in limbo. We're on a train, headed home. The train is moving, and it has a destination. I feel like I'm suddenly in a foreign country. Where we don't speak the language. I have no words. I have no instructions. I need words. I need a diagram. Do you know how long I've obsessed about this meeting? Wondered how long I should wait after your mom's death to approach you? Wondered how to bring it up? Knowing you'd be heard, angry, confused. I'm sorry. I I wasn't seeing your side. I apologize. Apology accepted. Wow. Your truth is my truth. You know, that's the one thing I remember learning from my dad that's left a lasting impression. Our dad. Our dad. He used to say you should imagine yourself walking in someone else's shoes when you don't understand someone's predicament in life. And even if their truth is not your truth, you should imagine it. Maybe we can use that idea to help us understand Dad. Or our moms. Well, I did get to know your mom. But you don't know mine. Is she religious like you? She was raised agnostic. She converted to Catholicism after Dad died. Oh, no. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, since your mom is Catholic, maybe she'd appreciate my mom's rosary. Here, give them to her. I have a better idea. Why don't you give them to her yourself? You've been listening to Limbo by Agnes Herman, directed by Brian Zoldesi. Featuring Agnes Herman as Susan, Lindsay Mitchell as Tess, and Paul Slimak as the train conductor. With sound design and editing by John Watts. Limbo was produced by Playwrights Local of Cleveland, Ohio, in partnership with Radio on the Lake Theater of Shaker Heights, Ohio. For more information, visit playwrightslocal.org. This recording is copyright 2021 by Playwrights Local, and the script is copyright 2020 by Agnes Herman.